The Torah content for this week has been sponsored by Judah and Naomi Dardik in honor of Rabbi Moskowitz's second yard site and in appreciation for all those whose love of Torah and excitement for ideas shines in their teaching. Okay, so I, I forgot to record, so I'll just summarize what we have so far. So the uh, uh, Budirim just gave two interpretations of what the phrase Hamafil Chavle Shena Al Einai is. One is that uh, Blessed Yashem who causes the portions of sleep to fall upon me, which we didn't know exactly what that meant yet, or the one who causes the spasms or uh, the convulsions of sleep to fall upon me. And that convulsions of sleep would be a reference to when you don't sleep for a long time, then you like, you know, your body is seized by uncontrollable convulsions that like make you like not off. Right. It's weird that we're referencing that every night. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because you mean the second one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. It's because not what we're doing. It's not what we're doing. Right. We're referring to a reality that we're not experiencing. Yeah. Whereas the first one, at least, even though we know what uh, means, it sounds like something that could apply to what we're about to do, which is going to sleep. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Um, and then we also met, we mentioned yesterday, I have not seen this in the Mafarshim that, how did you guys translate Hevle yesterday when I first asked you like, uh, I said rope. ropes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, ropes are bond, bonds of sleep. Right. Okay. So that also is something that we can keep in mind because Hevel does mean rope. Uh, but, uh, but he doesn't mention that. So let's just keep that in mind. Okay. Then he goes on. We make a bracha on sleep because it's one of the human needs. Like it says in Breshis Raba, this is a for a wacky midrash. Right, so at the end of Breshis, one says, uh, God saw everything he created in some mode. This is sleep. Okay, I know a lot of people will hold that. Um, uh, so then, I think this is still quoting the Midrash. I don't think this is him. Is sleep really that good? Lo, uh, it's not. Uh, uh, or sorry, unless this is part of a rhetorical question. Yeah, I think. Didn't we learn that uh, wine and sleep are, are, are beautiful for the Rashaim because, uh, and beautiful for the world or good for the world. Because, so in other words, what, what's his point in bringing this up that wine and sleep are good for the Rashaim and good for the world? Like what's, his, what's the, the Midrash's question on, uh, on a statement that, that oh, Shana is good? That means it's bad. So that means it's bad, right? In other words, if you are evil, then sleep is good because you're basically being put out of commission. But for us, sleep is not bad. Right. right. right? Or sorry, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. So then he answers... Um, so uh, rather, once a person sleeps a little bit, then he'll get up and involve himself in Torah. That's <laughs> a weird answer, right? So he's saying sleep is good because of, because of what? Rejuvenation. Rejuvenation, right? Exactly, yeah. So sleep is good for the Rashaim because it prevents them from doing evil. It's good for us because it, uh, it allows us to re- be rejuvenated for, uh, for Torah. Okay. Um, and what, what, why is the Abudurim bringing all this in? What's his purpose? What, or what did he say? Explaining why there's a bracha on sleep, right? He says that sleep is a human need, and he's now clarifying it's a need in terms of rejuvenation, rejuvenation for Torah. Torah, right? Okay, good. Yeah. So, wait, that was, that was his point, though, that... That's, that, that's the reason there's a bracha on it, right? Yes, yeah, that was his point. And then the Midrash is just the Shina is uh, Tov Ma'od. Right, right. And I, I actually did not look up the Midrash to see whether the uh, the Rashaim point is Midrash talking or him talking. I, I, I'm, I'm beginning to think maybe it's him talking now. Um, okay. So then he says, um, uh, where am I now? Oh, yeah. Uh, one who illuminates the pupil of the eye. 
which we said yesterday is because uh, Isho means darkness and Bas Ayin is the daughter of the eye. So it's the, the little thing that is in the eye that is dark. Um, so where does that come from? Al-Shem Yitzarenhu ki Ishon Eno. He will guard it like the pupil of his eye. Anyone know the context of that? So that's in Ha'azino. So that's Hashem. Uh, it's, it's talking about Hashem. He will guard, um, uh, I mean, we'll look it up in context later on, but he'll guard, uh, I think, the Jewish people uh, like the... Uh, yeah, we see that posting in Davin. We do? I think so. Or maybe a different posting with Yishon Basayin. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm thinking of Mopin. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. Uh, let me know if you think of it, though. Varatzalomar, so what does this mean? Shikashaadam Khafit Maod Lishon Mahshik Ishon Bas Eno. When a person wants to sleep a lot, or meaning when he really wants to sleep, then the pupil of his eye darkens. Okay. And then Ukishishan Harbe Umekit Meir Ishon Bas Eno. And when he sleeps a lot and wakes up, his the pupil of his eye shines. So what do you make of that? Those two, that pairing there? Because I don't know about you. I mean, that literally speaking does not seem to happen. Like, I don't think the, the pupil of my eye gets darker when I need to. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, uh, he says that, let me just turn you louder. Hold on so I can hear you better. Uh, he says that um, when a person uh, wants to sleep really badly, the pupil of his eye darkens, literally, that's what he's saying, it darkens, and then when he sleeps a lot and wakes up, then the pupil of his eye uh, illuminates or is lightened, or it, it literally gives off light. And so my question is, like, what, what is he talking about? Like, that's not how pupils work. So just what's shot and what he's saying? We're not trying to figure out ideas yet. Yeah. I mean, could, you could be referring to, like, the activation of your eyes. Like, you know, when you're tired, you, you're, I don't want to say your vision blurs, but you, you're, you're less perceptible to things. Yeah. Because when you're freshly awake, like, you know, your eyes are picking everything up. Okay. Um, so I understand that for the going to sleep part. Actually, let me back up. I'll tell you, we actually thought that that was what he meant at first, because you know how they thought eyes worked back then? Mm. It shines out light. Yeah, that the light, the eyes actually, like, uh, would, would be a source of light that would illuminate things. I don't exactly know how that worked. So that's what we thought the Lushan was, that he illuminates the, the eyes, and therefore we thought it was talking about perception. So I don't think it's impossible to say that. It certainly fits into the first, uh, the first thing about when you really need to sleep, then your, eye, your vision gets blurry. Um, and when you uh, sleep a lot, oh, so this is the part that I'm not sure about. When you sleep a lot, then your eyes shine. So that, that's the thing I'm not so sure about, because I feel like, he's emphasizing extremes. And when you just wake up normally, not when you sleep a lot, but like when you wake up normally, your eyes, func- your eye function is back to normal. Like I, in other words, it sounds like he's saying that there's a heightened or from the eyes. I mean, it sounds like the guy's extremely tired. Yes. Right. So I think that it, in an extreme, when you're extremely tired, it, everything's relatively, Oh, uh, so relatively speaking, it's going to be much more, uh, pronounce the, uh, the, the, the contrast. Okay. That's, that's definitely possible. Yeah. So what, what Michael Russo and I thought it was, um, do you guys, uh, any, you know, David Rindy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, yeah. So when I say Michael Russo and Tefillah, we're talking about David Rindy. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to say Rindy, Rindy, Rindy. Um, so, uh, what we thought it was talking about is, uh, the appearance of a person. When you see 
you like when you say to a person you look tired it's not just in their bodily stance it's also like in their eyes versus when you've got a really good sleep there's a certain like yeah. figurative brightness right. you know the, to your eyes so that's what we thought and as we go through let's test the two theories and see which yeah, one that, uh, that occurred, that occurred me also. yeah yeah and I, again i think yours is, is is more in line with the way that they talked about eyes back then you know uh but we'll have to see okay Okay, so then he says, Now let's, I think this is where we have to start scrutinizing the differences. So whose version is that like? Is that like Gemara, Ashkenaz, or Rambam? Shetashki, Vini, L'Shalom? Or is that all of them? You said the Ashkenaz. Yep, and the Gemara, but not the Rambam, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, what does Shetashki, Vini, L'Shalom remind you of in Tefillah? Yeah, Hashkiveno, right? So I saw a thing. This is a side point. I asked yesterday uh, how many people say Hamapiel. Of the guys who are on Zoom, do you guys say Hamapiel or not? I say Hamapiel. You do? Yeah, but I only started like last year or something. Okay, yeah. Uh, Isaac Hazel? No, I don't say it. Okay, now do you not say it, Bashita? No. What was that? Say it? Do you not say it like because that's the Shita that you follow or you just don't say it? No, I don't. I don't say. It. I just don't say it. <laughs> okay, yeah. So yesterday, uh, we we did mention an Ellie Goldenberg. Are you? Uh... No, I don't say it either. Bashita, or just because you don't say it? I don't. I don't say it. Okay, so yeah, no, so, so this is the thing. So I mentioned yesterday there are halakhic reasons why some people say not to say it. But then I saw in the book Nefesh Harav, which goes through Rosalvechik's Minhagim, he says he seems to treat it as though there's like a widespread minhag of people not to say it. Mm-hmm. Which apparently, that's why I took the survey. I'm not trying to like halacha shame you guys, <laughs> but like, you know, he, uh, he, he, he says that there's this widespread minhag and he gives an interesting justification of the minhag. I, I don't quite understand it, but he says, since Hashkivenu covers many of the same themes, that somehow that replaced Hamapiel. Now, I don't know from a halachic standpoint, like, how that evolution took place or how legit it was, but that was his theory that you're kind of like, you're covering, you're covering your Hamapil when you say Hashkivenu. And, uh, and, and, and you, you do notice there's like certain overlapping themes. Yeah, and Hashkivenu was a later edition. Right, right. Was it? Yeah, yeah. And, and Hashkivenu seems very fluid in terms of the different versions of it and what's added and like, you know, right. yeah. Wait, Hashkivenu is not anymore. I have not looked into the Sogi yet, so I don't know. Do you, no, did you? I don't know exactly when it came in. I just know that it, like it shouldn't be there because it's basically a hefsake. Right, between Gula and Tefillah, yeah, right, right. Well, we say Kaddish there anyway. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's, there's stuff uh, swirling around, halakhic uh, controversy swirling around that one, yeah. Yeah, um, so uh, so that's the Shatashkvinu L'Shalem. Uh, if it reminds you of Hashkvinu, like it is it is the same phrase. Okay, so then he says, that's al shem b'shalom yachtav eshkavav ishan. In peace together I will lie down and sleep. Okay, so that's referencing... Um, I don't remember what the context is there, but this is like literally uh, sleep. Okay. Okay. Now who, which, um, which version has Tommy Dini Not Not Ashkenaz. Not Ashkenaz. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rambam. Rambam, Rambam. Right. And also not Gemara. Right. So Rambam has the Tommy Dini. I think Rambam has Tommy Dini Mimena. Right. Mimena. And what's the Mimena referring to? Sleep. Uh, look again. Uh, from the bed. From the bed, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the implication is the, is the sleep in the bed, but yeah. So let me get up from it, from the bed, into life and to peace. 
So then Budaram says, uh, In these two uh, expressions, it encompasses protection of the soul and the body. Chaim um, said about the neshama, because when a person goes to sleep, it's like he's dead. Um, and God returns his soul to him in the morning, and, uh, uh, and, and oh, sorry, uh, yeah, sorry, he entrusts his soul to God, and and he he uh, returns to him in the morning. And it's as if he, he resurrected him. Uh, and it says, for peace regarding the body. Because at night, then harms and uh, I think harmful encounters uh, will be, will encounter you or will uh, will you'll be subject to the, those things more so than in the day. And you're, you're, you're praying that you should rise up in, uh, with your body intact. Okay, so, so upshot here, is for your neshama in the sense that you wake up and are no longer like someone who's dead. So, and then shalom uh, is for bodily protection from harm. And neshama here from context, what do you think neshama means? Well, soul means a bunch of different things, right? In Judaism, like your nephesh, like your life force. Yeah. So this sound well, not full, not like, fully, right? Because yeah. you you're, you don't actually die when you go to sleep, right? It's so like your. I mean, probably like I mean, it makes sense that it would be like your kind of uh, more pre prefrontal cortex, <laughs> right? Thinking, yeah. 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 Like that type of thing, like like more rational thinking. So what I would say, I mean, I don't think it's just rational thinking because you're really not thinking. I mean, I guess well, part, part, like you're not, like it leaves you. That right. Um, I would say consciousness, okay. right? You're unconscious when you're asleep and then you get your consciousness back in the morning. You know, okay. whatever you want to say that consciousness is exactly. But uh, yeah, so not, not your, my point though is that it's not your life force because you don't actually die. It's not your telemilkim. I mean, you, you do, you do give it that back, but like, that's not the only thing that's shut down when you're asleep. Like, you know, you're also just not in, you're not in control of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay, do not let bad dreams and bad uh, uh, fantasies or musings confound me. Um, uh, namely, that I shouldn't go into uh, fantasies of Avera even in a dream. That's interesting, right? So I think this is a mach locus between Plato and the Abu Dhiram, because uh-huh. he's saying that it's bad if you dream uh, dreams of Avera. Okay. Anyone know the Plato thing? I'm just realizing this now. I didn't prepare this, but uh, no. let me see if I can find it on my... Um, uh, uh, he does. <laughs> he probably does. Um, yeah. Hold on just one second here. I gotta, I'm just consulting my dream analysis PowerPoint uh, where I quote it. Um, so Plato in the Republic, hold on. I don't know if I'm sharing this. Let me just share it again. Um, Plato says, oh, I see that some guys type something in the chat. Oh, okay. 
it's fixed. <laughs> All right. I was gonna say, I don't really hear the chat uh, or see the chat. Okay, so, oh, ugly font. Okay, anyway, so Plato says in book, um, book nine of the Republic, uh, he says, these are desires which are aroused in sleep when the rest of the soul, the rational, gentle, and ruling element in it slumbers, and the animalistic savage part filled with food or drink suddenly comes alive, casts off sleep, and tries to go out and satisfy its own nature. In this state, as you know, since it is released and set free from all shame or rational judgment, it can bring itself to do absolutely anything. That is very Freudian in the sense that its dreams are wish fulfillments. Um, and then he says, in its imaginings, it has no hesitation in attempting sexual intercourse with a mother, nor with any, anyone or anything else, man or God or animal. There's no murder it will not commit, no meat it will not eat. In short, it will go to any length of folly and shamelessness. That's actually not the quote I was thinking of. Um, there's a quote. <laughs> um there's a quote that says, I thought this was Plato. I'll have to look it up later on that the righteous man dreams what the wicked man does, uh-huh. Uh-huh. which is in line with this. How, how would you interpret that statement? Just at face value. I don't know what the context is. That uh, I guess like if you uh, like outlet your desires and your dreams. Yeah, you do it in your life. exactly. Right. Uh, that, that we all have animalistic uh, desires. And so if you are not acting on it, so it's going to seek an outlet. And when you dream, then like, if you dream of those things, so then that's like a healthy outlet, so to speak, where it's, it, you know, the animalistic part of you is living out its fantasies, but not in a way that actually causes you harm or causes other people harm. So I don't know if it's proper to say that that's Mark Locus with what he's saying, but he's saying that a hero of era in a dream is bad. I understand how hero of era in a fantasy is bad, like during waking life. In, I mean, it's not like, you know, I, well, I was going to say it's not the worst thing, because I'll say it's worse than the act itself, right? Hero Vera, Kasha Mina Vera, in some sense. But, um, yeah, so what, what would be bad about dreaming, about having Hero Vera in a dream, I guess? I mean, you could just inspire like, a negative reality. Hold on a second, I'm going to ask Ariel first. Yeah, Ariel, what do you say? No, I was just about to ask that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, Joe? It can, it can inspire you to act negatively. Does that actually happen, or are we just like... I mean, it's definitely possible. Possible or plausible? <laughs> like, in other words, I guess what I'm saying is, in our, does that ring true with our experience? Like, do you have dreams about doing Averos that actually lead you to do Averos? Like what kind of Averos are we talking about? Uh, he doesn't say. He just says, here, her Avera. So uh, I'm assuming it's anything that would be against Halakha. associate with like uh, something that has to do with the uh, with the sexual but he doesn't say that and the fact that he says here her avera as opposed to like here her arios or something i don't know like sounds like it's more broad than that are you I there, think, there's I think a her. What you're saying ariel in the next phrase by the way but uh uh i mean it's possibly like any like passionate like okay. like not just maybe not just sexual like even like you know kind of like vicious uh Right. Things, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so harmful uh, instinctual outlets. Like like I think here her Avera, like um, Avera, is sometimes, from what I've seen, is sometimes used specifically for 
for Arios type things. Right. Um, yeah, and, uh, it definitely could be. Yeah, yeah. I'm not dismissing that possibility. Uh, I'm just trying to be conservative in my interpretation. Um, I think, Joe, there's a way you can salvage what you were saying, though. If you just moderate what you're saying, not not that it's actually going to inspire you to do bad stuff, but how could it affect your your waking life? How could a hero a Vera, I guess, affect your waking life? I mean, in a sleep. I mean, it, it could definitely affect your waking thoughts. Like you're thinking about that dream. That I that's also true, right? So that's a very tangible or very concrete way in which it would affect you. Is if you had a uh, a dream about a pleasure that was usher, then you that could lead to hear her bayom of thinking about that and like reliving it. You know, um, what I was thinking is that uh, that when you okay, so we're in a constant battle of defining what is the good with a capital T and a capital G. Right. Like, like that's what our life is about. Like, what is the good? Is it, uh, you know, is it pursuit of knowledge? Is it animalistic pleasure? And it's a, it's a constant battle. And whenever you reinforce the notion that pleasure is the good or covet is the good, or like money is the good, I'm getting a toll free call, whatever. Um, then, uh, then you, that pulls the tug of uh, the tug of war rope in that direction. So I think what can happen is, if you have a dream about engaging in any sort of illicit pleasure, then that, that could reinforce like the feeling that pleasure and fantasy are the good. And that general mentality can affect you in the day. I'm basically taking what you're saying and just going one step further. I don't know if that's good or bad going one step further, but you're saying you're going to continue to think about the pleasure during the day. And I'm saying, well, why is that bad? Because it's reinforcing this notion that like a life of pleasure is the good, you know? Um, also, it, it's possible that, I mean, I know this concept that a person, let's say, has, you know, thoughts of Arias, something like that during the day, and then as a result of that, or I guess hard to directly prove it, but, and then he ends up having a nocturnal emission, right. he's, he's high, because, right. because he thought about that while he was awake, which caused it. Right. So, so that's an interesting thing um, in this, in the context of these other Ihiratons, because like, if you look at the... Um, if you look at the Gemara's like most expanded Yihiratones, so I think maybe we said this yesterday. What's weird about the things that we're asking for in the Yihiratones? Uh, I'll just read it again for people who weren't here yesterday. So it says, Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I mean, that's a nice thing. Yeah. So like, what's weird about asking those for those things in this context? Yeah. They don't have to do with sleep. What do they have to do with though? Right. So what, so specifically, when are you asking Hashem for these things to be fulfilled? Uh, sorry, I mean, when when do you want the fulfillment to occur? When you wake up. When you wake up the next day. So they're really asking about the 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 upcoming day, right? So from that framework, I think what you said might make sense. That if you have that, in other words, there's two ways. To, I guess let's put it this way: there's two ways to say, "Don't let me be plagued by Hirhurim Rain." One is I'm asking for a uh, for something pertinent to my sleep that I'm about to have. And that's harmful to have Hirurim Ryan because of the reasons we said. Or this is part of the previous block of requests of if I have Hirurim Ra'im at night, then well, I guess your your interpretation also could be could be at night. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, I, I guess I was thinking because you said if you have these thoughts during the day, then it could lead to stuff. Right. So yeah, I guess it's gonna bridge this. Right, but that but even if you have these thoughts during the day, it's only gonna come into negative fruition 
yeah. you have that bad dream. It's right. Guaranteed that's true. Will. That's true. Yeah. So you don't want to have the right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it does apply to both ends. Stuff that will happen at night and stuff that will happen like during the next day. Okay, let's finish it up uh, for our first read through. Vatiye mitasi shlemel vanacha pirush im eshamish mitasi. So meaning to say, if I have uh, sexual intercourse, yihye havlad hahove shalem ba'avodasacha. Then may the uh, offspring that results from this be perf- uh, be uh, perfected in your avoda. Velo yitzemi many shum zera puzzle and let not any invalid offspring come from me. Kamosh Amru Razal, like Chazal say in uh, Sifri, Dvarim Biyakov, Shahisa Mitaso Shlema. But Yaakov even says that his mita, his bed was complete. Shalonim Sapsul Bazaro. There was no invalid uh, specimen in his uh, offspring. Avram Yitzchak Nimsa Psul Bazaram. But Avram and Yitzchak did have, uh, you know, bad seeds, so to speak. Yeah. So I was going to say that goes in line with the people who, with you guys who said, uh, Vera might refer to the sexual because Mitasi, Tia Mitasi Shleim Elefanacha is talking like literally about the sexual, you know? Yeah. So what's weird about inserting this phrase here? We're saying this before we go to sleep, not before we have intercourse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now there's a practical reason for that, which is that it seems from here that, I mean, there's a question, uh, I guess I, I have not, have not looked into the halachas about this. Like, when do you say it? at night if you're planning to have intercourse, you know? Uh-huh. So this would sound like you would say it before you go to sleep. Uh, it's like before you like, right. you know, you're in bed. And that's what we said yesterday, that the way the Gemara phrases it, lishon almitaso, means when you first get into bed, not right before you fall asleep, you know? So, yeah. Um, what I found interesting about this is this is, first of all, I mean, it's everything we've set up until now is like true for all people. But this is something that, like, is a particular circumstance that a person might have upon going to sleep. Right. You know, so it's just—it's not a problem. It's just interesting that they yeah. that they 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 put this in the, in here. You know, um, so that's another question: Why? Right? Why not have a separate uh, have a separate speed for? Right. Exactly. Or even like you know the great brackets. Yes. <laughs> right. If this applies. Yeah. Ariel, what were you gonna say? Yeah. So just a question on on uh, a thing you said like two a minute ago. Yeah. So one of the things about having a shekhozara in your sleep or in general or whatever is because you might waste the seed that would do a great avoda. Right. Right. That's a good point. So I mean, right. you're, you're saying maybe that, that yeah, that's so being set up as like a contrast to the T and Mitasi Shlema. Well, my, my question was really more, well, well, what if you could be wasting a Russia? What, say it again? What if... Like you don't know... I just missed what you said. Say it one more time. What if you what? I'm sorry. What if you could be wasting a Russia? I mean, like, you don't know who you're wasting. You know, <laughs> just like you don't know who's going to be born. Like, it sounds like, like, okay, you might be wasting a Voda and a Russia will be born, but why not the other way around? Like, why is it only taking one side? Well, I mean, aren't, aren't we kind of a... I, I don't know. What you, I'm not sure what you mean. We are. We are saying that... We want God to make sure that our offspring are not a not a Russia or not puzzle. Right. Yeah. I'm, I don't know, maybe I maybe I missed something, but I, I thought we were saying that if you if the Sheikh was Zara, you know, that Zara that filled out would have been a great kid. No, well, I don't right. think we're saying that. No. 
Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. So, yeah. what, so what were they saying? Yeah, I Joe that. was just saying that that is a concern that having Hiro Vera might uh, lead to, not because of the offspring that would have resulted. Right, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, I actually have an idea regarding, um, like, the dreams. Like, maybe it might be talking about lucid dreaming because you're actually, like, in control of that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Mean, that would certainly be a bad type of hero here where you're actually like controlling it. Yeah, yeah, because that's when you could actually do an avera. It's kind of like in real life, but you're dreaming. Yeah, you're, I mean, with dreaming, you're more in control. Right. So yeah, I, that that definitely would amplify all of the harms we talked about. I doubt this is talking about that because lucid dreaming is not so common. And I don't think they would uh, like overly reference something that only a minority of the population experiences. Um, but yeah, yeah that's, that, uh, it's definitely a true point though that you're saying. Okay, yeah. so let's finish it up now. Uh, and illuminate my eyes lest I sleep death. Um, and we noted yesterday that uh, that's how the Gemara concludes uh, right before the Hasima, and that is how. Uh, sorry, is that how the yeah? That's how the Gemara concludes, and that's how the Ramam concludes. Uh, the art scroll, sorry, no, it's called the Ashkenaz, puts in Kiata Hamir Leishon Bas Ayin, and we theorize that maybe that's to make it more uh, in line with the theme of the Hasima. Um, so you see here that the Abu Dharam has the same as the Gemara and the Ramam. It says, um, and illuminate my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. In other words, return my neshama to me and do not let my sleep be the sleep, uh, eternal sleep or forever sleep as Yoda says. Um, uh, so that's talking about literal death, right? Before we talked about, um, uh, we talked about the, or he brought in the muscle of like sleep as being like that. This is actually saying like, let me not die in my sleep. Okay. And we said yesterday that the Ashkenaz and the Gemara say Bichvodo, but Ram does not say Bichvodo. So we said that the Ram makes it sound like God is illuminating the world literally, but then we didn't know what Bichvodo meant here. So let's see what he says. He says, it's Shema Amidam Mimitasim Laor Hayom Lalechas El Iskehen, that God causes them to arise from their beds into the light of day to go about their, their activities. Yeah. Sunlight. Sunlight, Right. So this is not talking about illuminating the people of the eye, right? Like, which is what the, um, the Ashkenaz says, right? Whatever we say the people of the eye is, I guess if you say it's literal sight, then maybe you couldn't say it's like uh, it's like that, but it is literally talking about God illuminating the world so that we can like take care of our needs. Okay, so just to recap here uh, before we end. So if you look at the bracha, according to Abdiran, so what, let's just go through, what are the things, the themes he mentions here? So theme number one is what? Of the Hamapi Chavlishin Alayinai Usnuma Alpha Pai. The spasms. Right, either the spasms or the portions. And what did he say? What, what, what concept did he, he introduce here in terms of like the theme of the bracha that we start off on? Uh, sleep is good. It's good and it's a human need, right. right? So we start off the bracha talking about how there's a need for sleep and it's a good because it rejuvenates us for Torah. Then we move into the Hiratzon uh, and he says for, for um, neshama and guf, 
so how would you characterize that theme? Preservation. Preservation, right? Uh, in, uh, in 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 what sense? And uh, uh, obviously, in the sense of like, I guess our neshama, our like all aspects that God like preserves us. So neshama, he says that that God allows us to wake up. Right. Uh, and then goof is we don't get harmed while yeah, we sleep. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's still talking about the experience of sleep. Then we go into, he doesn't have any of the, uh, the expanded hiratones. He's more like the Ramam. Then I let me not have Hirhure Avera and Halamos Raos. We didn't even talk about Halamos Raim, by the way. Um, what would be bad about Halamos? Why would we not want Halamos Raim? Yeah, I think it's just, it's an unpleasant experience and it could disturb your sleep and diminish the benefits that we get from it in terms of this, the, like, let's say you wake up, so it makes you not get a good sleep, or let's say the psychological rejuvenation, if you wake up from a nightmare and then you go about your day, you're never in the, in the best state, you know? Um, so that's also about going to sleep. And then Tia Mitasi Shlema is the, is your offspring, if you have Tashmi Shamita. Ha'ira Ainan Pinishamamaz is asking not to die. And then is illuminating uh, the world so that you can go about your needs. So our challenge next time is going to be to explain that progression and then come up with a unified understanding of what this bracha is really about. Because you see that at the end, he starts off with, with sleep as a tzarche b'nei adam, but by the end, I mean, the bracha encompasses a lot more stuff. It's very jam-packed bracha, you know? Uh, and we also have to explain what we said yesterday. How can Rav Amram go and add this yihiraton in the middle? Um, so, yeah. All right, that'll be the challenge for next time. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Welcome. Okay. Right, thank you. Thank you. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah content fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.